The gospel for this Palm Sunday comes from Mark chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. When they, that is Jesus and his disciples, were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately, as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it, and will send it back here immediately. So they went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing, untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who, com who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear friends, it seems like a long time since we were last able to gather on a Palm Sunday. Since that day on Palm Sunday when you walk into the church building and you're gently reminded not to go into the sanctuary quite yet, but instead to the fellowship hall and be sure to pick up your palm along the way. Where you stand barely six inches, not six feet from each other, waiting until it's time until we tell again this story about another long-ago procession. And then slowly we move as we sing the same words shouted in the Jerusalem streets, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Until finally you lay your green branches down in front of the altar and turn to go sit down and discover that somebody sat in your chair. So everything is a little mixed up all morning long. It's a messy Sunday morning, everything a little bit out of order as Holy Week begins. It's quite a contrast to the last two Palm Sundays that we have lived through. If you're able, we hope you can come by the church today and pick up a palm and have your own procession. Or maybe you can cut some branches from your yard or if you take a walk today and wave your pine or cedar. In the procession of this last year, we are moving ever closer to being able to gather safely again, but we're not quite there yet. And so the contrast between the Palm Sundays of years ago and the most recent ones we have, that contrast is real and hard. But Palm Sunday has always been a day of contrasts. Above all, it's actually the story of two processions, although only one of them is detailed in the gospel. 
That's where we hear today about Jesus telling his disciples how to prepare to find the colt and bring it to him. Where we hear about the crowds throwing their branches and cloaks on the ground and Jesus and his friends making their way into the city. That's where we hear the crowds welcoming Jesus with cries of hope and praise and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save us. In the narrative of the Gospels, all of this is taking place around the celebration of the Passover. If we think perhaps 50,000 people lived in Jerusalem in those days, the town would swell to a population of nearly 200,000 as the Passover celebrations began. That Passover celebration was tolerated by the Roman Empire, which held all the power, but just to make sure everybody knew who was really in charge, every year at this time, the Roman governor of Judea would ride up to Jerusalem from his coastal residence in the west. He would come in all of his imperial majesty to remind the Jewish pilgrims that it was Rome that demanded their loyalty and obedience and submission. That the Jewish people were welcome to commemorate their ancient victory against Egypt if they wanted to, but that if they tried any real-time resistance, they would be obliterated. Writer Debbie Thomas puts it this way, As Rome clanged and crashed its way into Jerusalem from the west, Jesus approached from the east, looking, by contrast, ragged and somewhat absurd. Unlike the Roman emperor and his legions who ruled by force and coercion and terror, Jesus came into the city with no soldiers, just the crowds in their cloaks and their branches. He carried no weapons, he wore no armor. Instead of a grand or impressive horse, he rode a young colt, a donkey. Hardly an impressive sight. Everything about this parade with Jesus from the east stands in sharp contrast to the parades the city was used to, the ones they had known for years. If Jesus was coming into town as a hoped-for savior, what kind of savior was he going to be? I suppose what Rome wanted was to convince people that it was fine to have their religious celebrations as long as they kept their minds firmly in the past. Want to have a festive meal to remember what God did for your ancestors long ago? No problem. Want to gather and pray and read the stories of oppression from another time and place? That's fine. But be careful, said Rome, not to let those stories start to make their way into your lives here and now. Your rabbi on a donkey is welcome to lead all the religious observances you want, as long as you and he stays in line. Palm Sunday holds contrasts in front of us maybe better than any other day in the church year. It's a messy day. We can imagine ourselves in the crowds that day. We know what it's like to cry out to be saved from a long and painful struggle. 
We know what it's like to watch power go by and see how unjustly it is held and protected. Even while we confess that we all too often trust in that very power and might to keep ourselves safe. We see today this little weak-looking parade from the East with Jesus, and we ask whether we have the courage to follow his procession of nonviolence and solidarity with those who are so often trampled underfoot. His refusal to turn away from the pain we cause each other, his raw, pure devotion to love despite the cost. Palm Sunday gathers up all of our hope, our disappointment, our fear, our anticipation, our hope, our confidence, our confusion, and holds everything in front of us. For me, this particular year holds the tension of these two processionals, the empire from the West and Christ, God with us from the East. For if those two parades made their way into Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, they never really stopped. They've continued to march their way through history until finally they have come to our doorsteps here and now. Which one will we join? Certainly the empire puts on a better show, trying to convince that it's the things we make and build that can save us, possessions and privileges and accomplishments. If you just work harder, says the empire, try harder, grab those bootstraps and pull, everything will work out. And if it doesn't, it's probably something you did wrong along the way. It's a tempting procession. And we've nearly all found ourselves in it at some point, whether we wanted to be there or not. And then there's the other one, the other procession from the East, the one with the kind of shaggy rabbi who is eager to give away his power and everything else he has with it, who feeds the hungry without asking them why they couldn't pay their food bills this month, and heals the sick without lecturing them about taking better care of themselves, who hugs children and has long theological conversations with women and honors the religious traditions and rules, but doesn't let them get in the way of people's humanity. Who breaks bread with tax collectors and tells stories about prodigal children and says that Samaritans can be good and priests can be well, less good. He's comfortable with talking about death and he wants to show people how to pray and be religious, but he's also determined to take apart any and all systems that chase people away from each other and from God. And if he gets in trouble for it, so be it. His parade is going straight to a cross, into the heart of the worst and most awful things we can all experience so that by the time we get there we will know we are not alone but to be honest most of us don't choose to go there with him we'll do our religious observances to be sure but 
we often keep a lot of it in the past, afraid that if we try any real-time resistance, we might not survive it. Now, here is where the preacher is supposed to solve the dilemma and tell you which parade to join and exactly how to do it. But I don't think this is a day for solutions. Instead, I think it's a day to confess the tension. The reality that at any moment we are caught between these two processions and more often than not, we choose the wrong one. Remember when you find yourself there that this day is a beginning and not an end. The beginning of a holy week in which we will watch the rabbi and his procession head straight to the cross until finally the procession is gone and it is just him alone. Remember that God was so determined not to let that procession end there that the one on the cross finally marched out of his own tomb and he will not stop until the whole world is singing its hosannas in the parade he leads. But let's not turn away too quickly from the contrasts of this day. Let's tell the truth about how often we turn and align ourselves with the emperor. Let's remember that you can't tell ancient biblical stories and not join God's work of justice and healing here and now. So yes, let's wave our palms. But then let's look far and wide for the procession that maybe by contrast looks kind of absurd, but is also the one where we are known and loved and called by name. The one that has been marching through history toward us, toward this day and this time. And which is here to carry us and God's whole beloved world into abundant and everlasting love. May we join that procession indeed this day, this week, and always. Amen.